What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome back to the Holy City Hoops podcast. Hope you're all having an awesome week. This is Tommy here. Thank you, everyone, who tuned into the show last week. My interview with Grant Riller and Coach Earl Grant to kick off season two of this. And it actually ended up being our most downloaded episode ever. Um, So that was rad. We're 20 something episodes into this. So for the first episode after a long break to do that well was really cool. Um, And it was all clearly due to me. It had nothing to do with who was on the program that day. And um, I'm going to give myself a pat on the I'm just kidding. Uh, None of that is true. Anyway, we got a great show for you today. My guest this time around is someone I've wanted to have an extended conversation with for a while. That is athletic director for the College of Charleston, Matt Roberts. Uh, And the reason I wanted to have Matt on this week was to kind of talk about something that was a big story this past summer, uh, sort of became the story of the league, and that was the new media deal with Flow Sports. That was something that has rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. Um, If you haven't read up on that deal yet, it is going to put a lot of CAA sports content behind a paywall. So I had Matt on to answer some questions I had from sort of a fan perspective. And while he may not swing your opinion one way or the other, I think he gives some really good insights into the conversations that took place behind the scenes with himself and the other ADs and why it was kind of a unanimous decision as to this deal being the best deal on the table for the league. And he'll explain why he believes that to be the case. So I, I think you'll appreciate his honesty uh, when it comes to that topic. So that's a big chunk of the conversation today. Otherwise, we actually start with the big news from last week. That was the new UNC and CFC basketball deal, wherein the Tar Heels and Cougars will play each other each of the next three seasons, including UNC coming to TD Arena two seasons from now. Uh, Matt went to UNC, so you can imagine he uh, maybe had a hand in that deal coming to fruition. After that, we wrap up our conversation with sort of a, a bigger picture conversation about how C of C and how the CAA as a whole can all sort of take their athletics programs to the next level, be national programs, and kind of leverage some success that these programs have had in in recent years and kind of drive everybody forward uh, from a national exposure point of view. So lots of things we talk about regarding that. Matt gave me a lot of his time, so I hope you'll enjoy our conversation It's all coming up next on the Holy City Hoops podcast. All right, I'm now joined by the Athletics Director of the College of Charleston, Matt Roberts. Matt, thanks for being here. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate you having me on. Now, we have to start with the big news of the week, which is that the UNC Tar Heels and the College of Charleston Cougars are now, uh, have just signed up for a three-year deal to play basketball against each other starting next season. So 2020-2021, the Cougars will play in Chapel Hill following season unc comes back to td arena and then the season after that uh, the cougars return the favor and go back to chapel hill so i saw this news and i know you're a unc alum so i immediately figured your fingerprints were all over it (laughs) yeah it it, it helped to uh you know one to have a relationship with uh the the sport administrator for the men's basketball team clint gwaltney but you know it also helps to that, that coach williams um you know, never shies away from a challenge and, and the opportunity to allow not only a mid-major to come into the Smith Center uh, to compete against the Tar Heels, but to take his team on the road. And if you look at uh, this year, they're going to Wilmington. Uh, last year, they went to Wofford. And traditionally, 
Coach Williams teams um, have one or two of those true road games at a you know, so-called mid-major. And uh, we're fortunate that um, he allowed uh, this, this next iteration to be with the Cougars. Credit to, uh, to Roy because he always is willing to play uh, strong mid-major programs. And really, I mean, the pressure is always on a team like that. Um, you know, if they lose to a mid-major, they know that they're going to be on Sports Center. People are going to be second-guessing them and, and things like that. But um, to his credit, he has never shied away from those types of games. Yeah, and, you know, and it's, it's, it's great for our conference. It's great for the CAA. It's great for the um, student-athletes, most importantly, to be able to go and play in front of 20-plus thousand at one of the shrines of college basketball and then for our fans to get to not only experience uh, the opportunity to, to hopefully go cheer for the Cougars on the road, but to have a team with the quality and history of North Carolina to come to Charleston, come to TD Arena, and uh, to be able to see you know, hopefully lightning strike twice in TD Arena, but j- just to see us compete against the, the best that the nation has year in, year out um, is a treat for our student-athletes, fans, coaches, and alums. Yeah, well, it's definitely a game that fans and, and students definitely should be looking forward to. I was in Charleston, or I wasn't at the game, and something I gratefully regret, but I was a student at the time when UNC came in the 2009-2010 season and lost at TD Arena. It's one of my fonder CFC basketball memories. That would, that would be nice. That would be nice. I know a lot of our fans of, uh, in, in just the, the short period of time that's become public knowledge, um, reminisced about that game, uh, the game um, up in the old Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Coliseum, the Food Lion uh, Classic, and Coach Cress um, beat the Tar Hills in similar circumstances with the Danny Johnson tip-in. So it's been fun on social media to see some of those old clips and uh, to, to, to read some of the fans' uh, thoughts and memories of those two games in particular. Yeah, 100%. Shout out to Danny Johnson. I'm a guy still connected with the program. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, One of the main reasons I wanted to have you on today was to talk about the new media deal that the CAA agreed to over the summer. With with Flow Sports, um, the basics of the deal, um, this is according to Andrew Miller at the Post and Courier, four-year deal, uh, $4.5 million going to the CAA. 300 CAA games would be carried on Flow Sports, uh, 130 of which would be men's basketball games. There is a, a paywall element to it, so it's going to be twelve fifty per month or uh, ninety five eighty eight per year, which would be about eight bucks a month uh, to watch the games. The reaction so far on social media from fans, we'll we'll call it mixed uh, so, so far. But from you, why was this deal the best one on on the table for the CAA? Well, a couple reasons. You know, we we had a few choices. One, we could stay put and remain um, on CAA.TV, which certainly doesn't have uh, the distribution as some of the newer or traditional OTT options do, Uh, certainly does not have a financial component uh, like we have now with Flow Sports, or we could put our our rights out, and we did put our rights out for bid. And through the bid process, um, you know, we collected all the data from, from all the interested parties and and, and there was interest from uh, the majority of the traditional um, oper- uh, options out there, the networks, and, and, and some of the newer arrivals like a Flow Sports. And Flow Sports was the only entity that provided a, an annual financial guarantee back to the conference and allowed us to remain flexible 
with the sellable inventory for those 300 names that you uh, just mentioned. So meaning that we retain 60% of the advertising rights to those broadcasts and nobody else uh, was willing to provide us that level of flexibility um, and give us the significant amount of, of investment back to us. So we saw Flow Sports as a true partner and somebody that wanted to grow with us, help us grow our band, uh, perhaps give, a, give, give our product, our men's basketball product in particular, into uh, a broader um, base audience with their current subscribers. And the, the biggest concern we did have, Tommy, and you mentioned about it, is going behind a paywall because that's a significant change for what our fans and the fans of CAA sports um, have had in the past years. And that, that was, and it has always been my biggest concern, but you know, that that's becoming the reality of everyone now. I mean, now you see big 12 football games, conference football games are behind the ESPN plus paywall. Um, That's becoming the standard for how consumers watch sports. And uh, as, as we learn more about flow, um, and, and the flexibility they provided us, it just seemed like now is the time to engage in that partnership. And the, the good thing about this partnership, too, it's it's, it's um, significant financial investment over what anybody else would provide us. But it also is only, it's a short-term agreement. We don't have our rights wrapped up in a, a 10 or 20-year time frame like some entities do. Um, it's only a four-year agreement. So we have a chance to kind of grow with each other over this four-year period and then reassess um, how the partnerships worked and um, continue on or put it back out to bid and see what's new in the market. So um, certainly understand anytime we go with something new, um, anytime there's change, there's going to be consternation. There's going to be a segment of of your fan base that's uh, skeptical. And, uh, you know, we'll all experience it and learn through it and grow with it together. And we're very optimistic that it's going to be a fruitful partnership for both the 10 CA institutions and flow sports. A couple things to unpack there. I mean, I, I think the big benefit and something that the commissioner of the CAA, Joe D'Antonio also mentioned was kind of the emphasis on men's basketball and that sort of being the, the marquee sport of the CAA, uh, you know, certainly agree with that. And Charleston, you know, not being a football program that definitely aligns with their interests, but going back to the paywall elements I definitely agree that the direction of, you know, OTT and, and streaming is going under a paywall model, but not all paywalled sites are kind of the same. So was there some sort of modeling or projection uh, that this, the Flow Sports deal would be a better one than, say, like an ESPN Plus, where maybe they have more exclusivity, but they kind of set the narrative with like college sports in general, and maybe they they can flex a game or, you know, put it on ESPN2 or ESPNU. So looking at other options like an ESPN plus, which you mentioned, why, why the decision to go with flow sports? Cause again, the flexibility that flow sports gave us, none, none other parties were going to give us any assurances or any flexibility that any of our games would be anything but behind a paywall. And we weren't going to receive any financial compensation for that. Um, and the beauty of the flow sports deal is not only do we get the flexibility with our rights and our advertising rights is we also, you know, other sports, the baseballs, the soccers, the volleyballs, all of our Olympic sports, very, very few of those outside of the conference championships are going to be behind a paywall. 
Um, that flexibility didn't exist elsewhere. And then from a men's basketball standpoint, we saw an opportunity with the financial investment that Flow Sports is providing us on an annual basis to be able to take that money, reinvest it back into our basketball brand in a litany of ways. The most obvious, tangible, visible way is partnering with CBS Sportsnet uh, to provide nationally televised games for all of our conference partners. And we're fortunate that four of those nationally televised games through CBS Sports are going to feature the College of Charleston. That wouldn't have existed uh, with any other partner. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, I should have mentioned at the top that it seemed like the majority of that money, that financial influx from Flow Sports was going to be put towards CBS Sports. How did the league decide which games to put on CBS Sports? So I think there were a couple of things. One, because it's a, um, a pool of money that's coming from Flow Sports, inclusiveness was, was a priority. So we wanted to make sure that every institution um, had at least one game on national, tele- on national television. And then second, it was the balance, and, and, and the ADs weren't a part of this uh, negotiation. It was really Joey D and um, Sean Murphy in the conference office working with Flow is to protect the balance of making sure that there were a number of, of at least premium games uh, still on Flow Sports because they are our main uh, rights holder and, and media partner, uh, but that there are also um, enough quality games in venues on CBS Sports that uh, the the broadcast, the product, and uh, would display and promote our, our brand in the CA men's basketball in a good way. So um, it was a little bit of balance and a little bit of give and take uh, between those three entities, which isn't easy. You know, the, the fortunately for us, the Oklahoma State game was picked up outside of the package of games that um, the C with uh, directly to, to get. So um, I think that's just a testament of our fans, uh, attendance, CBS liking our program and, and having the conference, you know, uh, preseason conference player of the year and Grant Riller. Um, you know, one of the, I think probably the best team in the conference this year, uh, with a, with a power five team coming into TD arena. Uh, that was pretty cool that they selected us above and beyond just our, our league package. Yeah. We should note that CFC did get four games, uh, which I think was more than anybody else. It was, but now we only three of those games. So three of those games were part of what we consider our CA package, Mm -hmm. CBS game uh, that was selected, the Oklahoma State game that was selected by CBS was above and beyond that um, at the at CBS's expense. Gotcha. Uh, but I think it's a byproduct of us as a conference um, investing in that partnership with CBS. And as you know, CBS televises our semifinals and championship uh, of the conference tournament. So there, there was already an existing relationship there. Uh, the continued investment in that relationship by the CAA yeah, I think led to that opportunity um, for CBS to pick up the, the Oklahoma State game. Gotcha. So I think the biggest thing for me was that it seemed like the CAA just had a lack of exposure. Right now, there's three guys who played in the CAA last year who are in the NBA right now, Devontae Kaycock, Darrell Brantley, and Justin Wright Foreman. And it seemed like they got more publicity and more attention in the three-by-three tournament, which was on ESPN I think two or you right. versus anything in season. I think Justin Wright Foreman was only on national TV maybe once. Yep. Um, so how does this deal 
get more exposure for, for the CAA programs. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it is easily, I think all my peers, the other nine ADs would agree. It, it was easily the, the best opportunity we had at the time to enhance our exposure. And again, it goes back to the twofold way of being a platform an OTT platform like flow sports that's available, um, you know, on more ways than ca.tv is it's available internationally it already has a, a strong established subscriber base uh, so to be on that platform and then to receive the financial um, guarantee to reinvest back in promoting our brand to to partner with a, a national beat writer that will, will push our brand and, and promote our our teams and our individuals on social media um, and then to, to purchase the airtime on national tel- television with CBS Sports, that that's why we did the deal, is to try to enhance our brand where we were really kind of just floundering there um, with unbelievable quality that you see and that you know because you follow the college and, and other programs so much. And to your point with three guys on NBA rosters heading into to, to preseason, that the nation just didn't get to see night in, night out. And hopefully being partnered with Flow and with CBS Sports, those um, players will be able to you know, demonstrate their talents on a more national and international stage than we have previously. Uh, we're excited to have with our CBS uh, broadcast to have a consistent nationally renowned broadcast crew um, that'll, that'll understand our league and our product. And again, during those broadcasts, be able to promote the players and programs that are competing that that given day um and just by having the designated um attention and resources towards men's basketball um hopefully uh will become more national brand and of course nothing <laughs> nothing can make you more relevant and and more uh, engaged nationally than, than winning games and, and when we play these tough non-conference matchups um you know knocking off a few of the the so-called power brands um, that that we know is the best way to to expedite our um, brand and, and enhance our brand and promote our brand nationally. So was the goal always to have kind of one foot in each bucket with like an OTT partner and traditional televised partner? Or was that just kind of how things went? No, it's just kind of how things went. You know, we, we were fortunate to have a, uh, a great partner in CSMG, that helped us and consulted with us and knows the industry very, very well um, to go out and vet all these potential partnerships. And all we were looking for is, is who can we partner with that provides us um, with one great exposure nationally? Is there any potential for financial gain? And then how restrictive both in terms of available inventory that we have to give up and length of term. Um, the length of term was a big one for us. And we wanted a partner that um, would, would would be willing to go with a shorter term agreement so that when our CBS rights for our conference championship come up here in the next four years, that we th- can then reassess everything collectively together, uh, both our championship and our regular season uh, package. Gotcha. Um, so last last kind of topic on underflow sports. 
I, I, you've explained why it was a good deal for the conference, but for the fan, they're going from, you know, watching the team for free to now paying each month to watch um, their favorite team. So why is it a good deal for the fan? Because it seems like the production quality is not necessarily going to go up with flow sports. And obviously they're, they're now paying out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and again, that was, um, I don't want to speak for all of my, um, my colleagues in the, in the CAA, but just speaking for myself, that was concern. Number one is how do I justify this? How do we justify this to our fan base? And to me, when we sat with flow and, um, began negotiating with them, the, the, the amount, the monthly rate of, of paying for that service um, when we started our negotiation was a significant concern. And they were willing to um, reduce that significantly um, to make it more appetizing uh, for us. And then to add the, the financial investment back to us at least got us to a point where we felt more comfortable. Um, but no, I mean, that's my biggest concern, Tommy, quite honestly, is how, how is this going to impact the way our fans digest our product? And how are we going to be able to continue to, to allow our fans to follow the Cougars on the road? Um, I wasn't concerned about home games, frankly, because yeah. I hope anybody that you know, is able to and lives in Charleston and wants to come watch the Cougars, they come and do it in person. So that, that didn't concern me, but it was the, the games on the road um, and for us next year, um, you know, we have uh, nine road conference games. Well, two of them are on national television. So there's seven times that uh, a fan would, would have to pay to watch us play. And is it a change? Yes, but that change was going to be inevitable no matter what we did uh, because we all felt staying and keeping our basketball program at CA.TV was not going to allow us to grow as a conference. And uh, whether it was partnering with any other interested party, it was going behind the paywall way, shape or form. So how could we make it better for everybody? And it, it did. I mean, the, the paywall thing is, 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 is the only area that that's troubling from, from a fan standpoint. So I don't have a great answer for you on that to be blunt, to be honest and to be vulnerable on that question. It's um, it's a concern. And it's something that we're going to monitor and address, and we'll see how it goes over the next four years. But if you look at it from a basketball standpoint, if, if, if following the College of Charleston basketball, you know, you're talking about four months, November, December, January, February, that, that you would need to subscribe to, uh, to Flow Sports. So for 48 bucks, you know, $50, you know, you can, you can be a, a part of that and, and, and watch us on Flow Sports and, and follow the Cougars and watch other CAA teams compete in the non-conference and conference season. So not, not a huge investment um, and certainly not uh, one that as we balanced all the pros and cons was going to push us over to saying no to the, the great deal that flow provided us. Yeah. I, I appreciate your honesty there. You know, the pros of the deal are that we're getting more nationally televised games on CBS sports it does seem to be aligned with a men's basketball focus, which I think any mid-major league, that's how you're going to expand your footprint is, is through men's basketball. Um, we're all hoping that, that things work out and um, 
you know, there's no technical hiccups and, and everything with this partnership works out. Besides media deals, how else do you think a mid-major league like the CAA can, you know, get to the next level, maybe be in a place like the A-10 where it's multiple bids to the NCAA tournament? I know there's teams like the SOCON who have been creative with incentivizing programs to buy games or to, you know, improve their basketball product or production in some way or another. So what what other ideas get, get tossed around in these CAA meetings about? It, it's it's priority number one for all of us as athletic directors and for chancellors and, and presidents. And it's something that um, is always the number one agenda item that when we get together as ADs and we, we will hear um, again in, in another week and a half up in Baltimore. Um, and then when we get together with our, our presidents and chancellors, which we will in D.C. In, in March, it is the number one topic of making sure that that everyone um collectively, individually on their campus is to committed to um, enhancing um, their investment in men's basketball. And, and I've been fortunate to inherit a program under the leadership of Earl Grant here and uh, through the presidents that, that I've worked for and the board of trustees leadership that I've worked with in, in my short time here that they have already bought into the men's basketball brand and they have already invested in our coaching staff and in our student athletes and their experience, trying to more emulate an A-10 school or a lower half of the ACC or Big East type school with our financial investment. And the charge collectively from, from, from all of our ADs and from Joe, Joe uh, D'Antonio, the commissioner of the CAA, is that all 10 schools need to push forward and make sure that their basketball teams are scheduling appropriately that we're traveling the right way, that we're budgeting the right way, that we're um, attendance is better um, at, at our events. And it's gotta, it's gotta be from the, the top down and the bottom up. We all have to um, do a better job of, of elevating our brand and those teams that are at the top half of the conference, we have to do a better job in the non-conference season and, and winning a couple of the games versus the, the power five schools when we play them. Um, and those teams that are, at the bottom half, we need them to elevate their games so that when we play each other in the league, we're playing a, a team on the road with a high net ranking. Uh, so we're not mm -hmm. hurting ourselves. And it's cyclical. I mean, if you look at our league, you know, two or three years ago, when, when I first got here, we were uh, one of the top 10 RPI conferences in the country. We were right where the Southern Conference was last year. And yeah. the Southern Conference, it just so happened that they – had the right makeup of teams at the right time. And that's why they were positioned to possibly get a second at large, uh, you know, should Wofford have lost to, to uh, UNC Greensboro in the championship. So, you know, there, I think, you know, it, it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows a little bit, uh, but the key is consistency and how do you get to that A-10 level to use your example. Um, you know, I look at the A-10 and we play A-10 schools every year. And we have success versus the top tier of the ACE 10 schools every year. So I think from a, a product standpoint, there, there's not that much difference. Um, I think there's probably more, there's more depth in, in a league like the A-10 than there is in a league like the CAA. So we've got to continue to improve that depth. And I feel, and I hear, and I sense the commitment with the current group of athletics directors, the current groups of, of presidents and chancellors that the intent and the want to is there, 
And hopefully over the next couple of years, we'll, we'll start to see that uh, growth and that uh, more broad base competitiveness in our conference year in, year out. Yeah, hopefully that's that's the case. You know, I agree with you. I think a rising tide lifts all ships type of mentality. Uh, if the bottom of, of the CAA can can get stronger and, you know, that doesn't bring down the RPI of, of the league as much and then kind of everybody benefits from that. Yeah, no question. And, and a lot of that, look, it's it wasn't too long ago that the College of Charleston was in that bottom half. And, and it that's true. And, and Earl was able to uh, build it back up. And, and, and unfortunately, and conversely, you know, UNC Wilmington, you know, had a, a tremendous run. And with the coaching transition and player um, transfers, it, it's, it's, it's going to take CB a little while to get his roster back up. And so you, that's where I say it kind of ebbs and flows. And I think the, the biggest thing that we can do as ADs is do everything we can to try to have continuity uh, with our staffs and have quality coaches because uh, quality coaches and continuity will, will breed success and long-term success and more stable success. And I think that's where you saw this past year, the Southern conference having coaches that had been in the league uh, for quite some time. Those were the programs that were having the most success. Those top four teams had coaches that had been there for four or five years. Um, and, and hopefully we can get back to that in the CAA. Cause it, again, it wasn't too long ago, 10 years ago, that the CAA was, um, you know, arguably as good, if not better than the A-10 and some of those other other similar type conferences when, you know, VCU and George Mason and uh, those schools are kind of doing their thing. So it can be done. We all know it can be done and feel it can be done. Um, it's just going to have to take a continued dedicated effort by everybody on our campuses to do it. Did the topic of transfers ever come up in, in these types of CA meetings? Because that did seem to be kind of the story of the summer. There was a couple of high quality guys from the CAA who, who transferred up or transferred out. And you talked about continuity. Is there a solution or some ideas around preventing that from happening as much? Well, you know, it's some of that was because of coaching transition. So anytime you have a coaching transition, um, no matter what conference you're in, that's going to happen. But look, it, it, the CAA is no different than the ACC is no different than the SEC or any conference. Um, that's just the day and age we live in right now with, uh, you know, we're, we're um, student athlete transfers in, in all sports, but especially in the sport of men's basketball. And now seemingly more in, in FBS football is becoming um, more and more, uh, the norm than the exception as, as it was. We've been fortunate here that um, we've only had two individuals leave the program, um, at least since I've been here, and I believe since Earl's been the coach. Um, so it, that hasn't been a problem here. But, of course, we've been successful. We've had continuity with our coaching staff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it, it, it always is a concern. Um, but I think that's just the reality of college athletics nowadays and the CAA is, um, you know, not exempt to that, uh, whatsoever. Yeah. So last topic, and this is more on how do you see CFC kind of taking it to the next level as well? Um, I've seen a lot of chatter about this, uh, Cougar fuel campaign. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and, um, you know, some other ideas around how all of CFC sports, not just basketball can kind of, all get better. Yeah, sure. You know, when I when I got here, Tommy, you know, my true belief was that every single one of our programs 
should be positioned not only to win a CAA championship or compete for a CAA championship year in, year out, but compete on the national level. I think where we're located, the conference in which we compete, the resources that we have, you know, we, we certainly are positioned to, to do just that. And I still have that firm belief. And, you know, I think we have some programs that are um, more poised and positioned to do that than others. I think it's going to take a continued investment across the board. And, and many of our programs, some are, um, are already at the top of the CA in terms of our investment. You know, the, the men's basketballs, the, the volleyballs, the baseballs, the, the golfs, you kind of see that, those that have had success. But we have others that we just haven't been able to invest in. As, as much as they deserve and they should. And I think that is, is my goal and my charge first and foremost is how do we develop the resources through donations, through ticket sales, through those things that we can control so that we can reinvest it back into the student experience and that we can make sure that when our coaches are out there recruiting, that they're selling the same experience that the rest of our league is selling, if not better. Because we can sell this great city all day long and this great school all day long and that's a huge advantage for us. We got to make sure that those other things that we can sell, the um, the way we equip, the way we train, the facilities in which we practice and compete, uh, the way we feed our kids, all of that is elite in that it's done not only at the height of the CAA, but other aspirant schools. And whether that's A-10 schools, Big East schools, ACC schools, whomever that specific sport is competing against, understanding where we want to go, not where we are and pushing as hard as we possibly can to move that needle. And that's, you know, the, I try to bring in that mindset of um, that, that power five mentality of, you know, we, we certainly aren't always going to have the, the largest facilities. We're certainly aren't going to have the most robust budgets at a power five school, but we can have that mindset. And if we have the mindset of being excellent and, and setting our sights on realistic yet attainable goals and, and aspirant programs, then I think that excites our fan base to invest in our programs and elevates. We've seen that with men's basketball. We've done that with men's basketball. And I think we have coaches in place and many of our other sports that are out there developing those relationships, getting those funds invested into their program uh, to help close the gap and, and make it a much more attractive option for student athletes when we're recruiting kids to come here and compete for championships at the college. Well, I will say that um, last year I joined the Cougar Club for the first time and to echo kind of what you're saying and what our pal David Crowley from the Cougar Club has said, you know, you kind of need these funds to do anything and it doesn't take much of, of an individual donation or an individual commitment to kind of pay it forward and help all of our programs um, take their their game to the next level and, and step it up. So um, yeah, I would just implore anybody who's listening to consider uh, giving back a little bit. And um, I think we will see those benefits down the line. I appreciate you doing that, Tommy. And it does. I mean, it takes, um, it's a collective effort and it, and we've already, we're growing and it's working and we, you know, we're setting records in terms of uh, donations for the two straight years. And we're, setting records in terms of attendance and ticket sales and licensing and sponsorships and all those things that, that we need to do. But we still have a lot of work to do and we still have a long way to go to get where our coaches want to be and where I want us to be. And 
Uh, man, what a great time to be at the college. What a great time to be in Charleston with everything around us growing, getting better and bigger. And uh, some of that growth is good. Some of it can be bad when you're trying to drive around and, and negotiate the, the traffic, but it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect time to be involved in the College of Charleston, um, not just athletics, but the institution. You know, President Shu, who, uh, you know, is just early in his uh, career here at the college, I just had a meeting with him, my um, one-on-one with him a, a, about an hour ago, and um, he's going to do great things at this institution. And he uh, he jokes, you know, that athletics is probably an area that he's um, not as knowledgeable about, but I can tell you that the man is interested. He wants to learn, and he's going to be present. He's going to be at our events. He's going to be at our competitions. And one thing that he said and routinely says is he, and just reiterated in, in the meeting I just had, he understands the importance of athletic success and how athletic success, and particularly in our case with men's basketball, can elevate the, the reputation and the brand of the college, not only in this city, but in all the areas where we recruit. And that's our obligation. That's our job is through athletic success is to enhance the brand of the institution. And that's what we hope we can do now and in the future. President Chu, hit me up, brother. I'll give you a, a detailed overview of uh, CFC basketball. We'll chat. <laughs> he would probably he would probably welcome that. All right, all right. I'll start working on that. You should, yeah, you need to do a podcast with uh, President Chu. He'd love it. That's what we'll do. We'll we'll I'll start making inroads with him. Uh, Matt, thanks for your time today. Um, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, are you making any road trips with the team this year? Yeah, I, I typically try to go, you know, we'll have a few games. We'll take some donors. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to make the trip out to L.A., but I'll go with the team to, to UCF and um, uh, up to Richmond and then hit pretty much all of the, the CAA games. So um, we always have – it's it's fantastic. When we go on the road, and as you know, um, seeing us on the road, it, it's awesome um, when we get out there and, and, you know, we get up to Boston or um, – you know, Philly and, and these different uh, cities in the CAA and then some of the non-conference places. And you, you look in the stands and, you know, there's 50 to 100, sometimes, you know, 200 plus um, Cougar alums and, and donors that make the trip from from Charleston. So um, it's always time well spent on the road, not just to be with the team, but to be with our fans and cheering on the Cougars. It is. It's a fun time. And uh, yeah, I'll probably see you at the Richmond game and, uh, you know, hopefully some other spots uh, here around my neck of the woods. Definitely the CAA tournament. I will be there. Look forward to it. All right. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate All right, Tommy. It. Take care.